And for me, this plays into the other trend, which is holistic marketing. Just like our designs are becoming very holistic, right? They're green, they have wellness. There's many different attributes to the work that we do now in design, right? It's interior design, same thing. When you're creating your website, it's connected to your email, it's connected to your blog, to your social media. There's a consistency in the work that you do instead of it being siloed. So you have this one voice. And again, that tells the algorithms, look, I'm paying attention. I'm organized, I'm knowledgeable, and you are rewarded for that organically. And then if you're doing well organically and you can sort through those analytics that hopefully you all have set up on your website, Google Analytics, or some other tools you may be using. Some folks are using HubSpot or Clavio or other tools. You look at those consistently. You're listening to Brandlift with Tori Sikama where each week we demystify branding, marketing, and business to help you get seen, get published, and get booked by dream clients. I'm a beach-loving mom from the Jersey Shore who quit her full-time gig and picked up a camera. Six months later, I was published in six different magazines for my interiors and branding photography, launching me down a path to booking clients who love me. Needless to say, I'm obsessed with all things branding, marketing, and design. Now I'm bringing my 20 years of marketing expertise and my passion for photography and design to help you get in front of your dream clients too. I'll talk about the real struggles of being an entrepreneur, creating a brand that people love, and how to set yourself apart and grow your business quickly. If you're a photographer, interior designer, architect, builder, or you just love all things design like me, grab a martini and get cozy as we gather to get real about your brand identity, numbers, marketing, and more. So you get seen, get published, and get booked. Get ready to give your brand a facelift with Brandlift. Welcome to Brandlift, where we dive deep into reimagining your brand so you get seen, get published, and get booked by dream clients. With us today is Jennifer Smiga, founder of Ultraviolet UV, a digital marketing agency focused on the strategies and activities that help home brands and design professionals succeed online. She is also the founder of UV's Ultra Collective, a groundbreaking AI-powered platform built to tackle the challenges interior designers and home brands face when collaborating. Jen's career started at high-profile organizations, including Perez Art Museum Miami, Bette Midler's New York Restoration Project, and Center for Reproductive Rights, where she co-produced campaigns with Aveda, Goldman Sachs, Comcast, Alex and Annie, and others. Her events, PR, and marketing background offers a unique perspective for brands looking to achieve their growth goals and digitally bring their visions to life. Hey, Jen, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Nice to be with you and everyone for everyone listening. Yes. Well, I was so thrilled to be introduced to you through our mutual contact and friend, Erica Sorit. And she's also a marketing and PR professional. 
she introduced us and we have something else in common, you and I, and that is that we live in the same, I'm not going to say zip code, but we live in the same county in New Jersey, central New Jersey. So, And central New Jersey is now a thing. The governor said that. It's a thing? Yeah, it's an actual region on paper now. That's pretty cool. We live in a pretty cool area, so I have to say. Well, we're going to jump right in here because we have so much to talk about. So diving in, what are the key trends that you see in digital marketing for the home industry and design professionals in 2024? And how can these home brands and design professionals leverage these trends? So back in the day, like a year ago, (laughs) (laughs) way back, years ago, way back, we just created brochure sites, right? Sites that had basic information where to find someone, maybe look at some projects, maybe learn a little bit about the person and their credentials. And today, all the search engines, they reward you in ranking and also with ranking and with search and traffic by you adding information onto the site that's helpful. So basically, if you're a designer on Palm Beach County, talking about how you would design spaces in that region, colors, people may be choosing trends in color, trends in style. Maybe there's specific building codes that differ in Florida, as we all know, compared to the rest of the country for building. So really giving valuable information on your website, if it's in the form of a blog, maybe a fax page, maybe a page that focuses on expertise that you have. It really tells Google and tells the search, anyone searching for what you do in the area that you work, that you're active and you're a knowledgeable person that could um, could assist them. I want to follow up on that. So when you talk about SEO and marketing and websites, particularly, and having a successful SEO platform on your website, how do keywords play into that? And how do you find the right keywords for your brand. They used to play into our strategies a lot more. They still do, but it's in terms of more having an authentic plan for your marketing. No more keyword stuffing, SEO companies are more becoming content development companies. It's really figuring out where do you want to come up and search when people are looking for you. If you're a designer, wellness is a focus for you. Aging in place is a focus for you. Maximalism design is a focus for you. Whatever your focus is really drilling down and offering as much information, become an authority on those topics, not only for your region, but the subjects at hand, right? And for me, this plays into the other trend, which is holistic marketing. Just like our designs are becoming very holistic, right? They're green, they have wellness. There's many different attributes to the work that we do now in design, right? Interior design, same thing. When you're creating your website, it's connected to your email, it's connected to your blog, to your social media. There's a consistency in the work that you do instead of it being siloed. So you have this one voice. And again, that tells the algorithms, look, I'm paying attention, I'm organized, I'm knowledgeable, and you are rewarded for that organically. And then if you're doing well organically and you can sort through those analytics that hopefully you all have set up on your website, Google Analytics, or some other tools you may be using. Some folks are using HubSpot or Clavio or other tools. You look at those consistently. How often should you be looking at those? I would say at least once a month. If you're not a big brand making very huge decisions every week, at least once a month, look at your data see what search trends are happening, how people are visiting your site, what they're attracted to, where they're coming through. 
And yeah, and it's pretty helpful because if you know someone's coming to a certain page at your site more than others, you're going to want to make sure that that site is consistently updated with information that's recent and important to you. That's powerful information. It really is. And data can be very intimidating. I own a tech company and I'm not a techie. So So there's hope for me. There's hope for everyone. You have a team of people that support you. I find user-friendly tools, so people can always reach out to me if they have any questions. We have our own tech stack of tools that we love to use. But if you find something that's really a content management system where you can get on the back end and easily understand how to move around and make changes and it doesn't need coding, you're off to a great start. That's great. Well, in talking about websites, then we have to talk about budgets. So regarding digital marketing budgets, where do you recommend design professionals and home brands invest their marketing dollars first to see the best results or the most impactful results? So at first, you're going to have to set a budget. I know a lot of times clients come to you all, to the designer, I don't have a budget, right? And it's really hard, right? I mean, You want to understand that if you're a B2B brand, your marketing dollars are two to 5% of your revenue, overall revenue. If you're a B2C brand, it's five to 10%. I'm sorry, Jen, for our audience, can you demystify what B2B and B2C are? So B2B is business to business. So it would be a designer working with a builder, a designer working with a contract. The B2C would be a designer working with the homeowner, a designer working with the business owner. So customer and then business. So really it's your colleague versus your, and they all are a source of revenue, right? Referrals versus, you know, a new client. So it's all revenue generating. But if you're mainly focused on these two different things, there's a different percentage of money you're going to put into your marketing. And that marketing money includes what you're going to spend on your website content development, your asset creation, your photography, video, all those important things to really get across your brand digitally. And also there's still need for a brochure or card here and there with some QR codes, business cards, but it does not include staff. So if you had a full-time marketing professional internally, but it would include an agency like mine. So if you were contracting, it would include an agency. So that's kind of how you kind of break that down and think about it. It could be scary to think about most people do not spend what they're recommended to spend on marketing, but I recommend if you're gonna spend, look and see what's worked, what hasn't worked, talk to maybe a mentor or someone, an expert in marketing to help you kind of plan out that roadmap for that money, right? You just don't wanna go into it and just kind of throw caution to the wind. And do you feel that people are underspending when it comes to marketing budgets? I think it's just a mystery as to like what those numbers mean, what's involved, what buckets do I put the money in? A lot of companies are now spending less on print assets and events and spending more digitally because what we learned over COVID and even before that there's people are shopping online, people are researching online. So getting in front of those people is really important because there's double, triple the amount of businesses online than ever before. For sure. So speaking of uh, digital marketing, can you share an example of an innovative digital marketing campaign you've worked on to support either design professionals or a home brand and what made it so successful? Sure. We have a client called Polycore, which is in the surface industry. They own quarries across North America, marble, soapstone, limestone, beautiful, beautiful pieces. And I would say we started working about eight years ago. And within the first couple of years, they really acquired a new quarry in Alberine, Schuyler, Virginia, called Alberine Soapstone. And at the time, Soapstone was really reserved more for 
chem labs. You might have seen some older sinks at salvage, architectural salvage yards and beautiful material, right? Soapstone. I don't know if you're familiar with soapstone. I am. Beautiful countertops. Beautiful. And there's my point. Soapstone wasn't used in homes and we helped them digitally really drive awareness of this material by creating assets and contents and working with content, working with their dealers and other designers to really place that soapstone on the market and really get the word out there that this is a material that is having a resurgence. So it hadn't been used in generations inside homes. So it's something that we like to take responsibility for, helping that company grow that brand online, creating the assets that attracted people, interest people, the partnerships. And that was done through a lot of keyword, a lot of working online to write about soapstone, the value of soapstone, why people had to clean it, you name it, we wrote about it, right? Maintenance, care, why choose it, told stories of designers that were using it. We probably worked with 20 plus designers to tell stories of the product. And we did email marketing consistently. And really in soapstone ranked in the first 10 positions of Google within like a couple of years. So yeah, we were really excited about that. Well, it's a great product and there's versatility to it. There's flexibility to it. And I knew of it, but you're right. You weren't seeing it for a while. And just a fun fact, because I found from designers, this is why it's so important to talk to your customer when you're doing your marketing. A lot of designers had said, oh, I don't use soapstone. It turns green. A lot of them didn't like the patina. And I found out from my client, well, that specific soapstone in Schuyler, Virginia, which was a U.S. material, turned black and never faded to a green. The Brazilian soapstones would fade, but the Schuyler, Virginia soapstone kept a rich, when enriched, a deep black, or you could have it as a gray honed. So you bet we wrote a lot about that. Heck yeah. That's great. And that was because, you know, finding out the needs of your customer. So as designers... Find out the needs and problems and pain points that your customers are having and write about those. If they have them, other people will have the same questions. That's a really great, and to keep it in the U.S., you know, to a resurgence of an area and a market that had been deficit for a while. So to see that growth in the U.S., that is fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's a historic material. So when you put it in your home, you could save a piece of history, a quarry that's going to be around, you know, for hundreds of years. So. Well, you mentioned assets, and that's kind of where I come in, because let's talk a little bit about project photography, since that's what I do. What mistakes do you see both design professionals and home brands making in terms of their photos when they come to you? Sure. And first, let me say, photos and video, key, we can't do our work without it. And not only hiring someone who has knowledge of the industry like yourself is so important because anyone can take photos of any space, but you really have to have an eye for architectural interiors. And like you said, understand what the shelter publications and they're looking for. One of the biggest mistakes that I see is sharing projects when they're embargoed and also not taking the right projects to attract a magazine. Full scale projects, entire home projects really should be photographed if you want to like we had mentioned earlier, we were talking a little about Veranda and other magazines. They're going to want to see those full-scale home projects be able to consider for a feature. And those vignettes, like maybe the corner of a counter, a reading nook, a desk, part of a bookcase, those you can share on social. Like, feel free to show those little vignette photos, which you do need to give direction to the photographer and let them know. Like, I'd like those as well, because those tell a story of your project, but they don't compromise the embargo story that the magazine is going to be featuring. 
No, that's great. Now, what about your website and their personal professional portfolios? Can they have those images from that shoot on their website if they're trying to pitch it? I would advise against it, but they should also always, when in doubt, ask the publication. Well, yeah, I think that telling that visual story, having a beginning, a middle, and an end, it just can't be a kitchen and a pantry and a powder room. It's got to tell the story of the entire project. And people also forget the progress. Some of the best performing pieces on social media are those progress shots. You know, the befores and afters, the transformations, the wows, right? Those are so important. So many times I've seen spaces not styled ready for the photographer. And there's really just lost opportunity by missing all those parts. So you may think to engage a photographer at the very end of a project, but think of it more in the beginning, middle, and end, right? Well said. Style differently at different times of year. There's so many ways you can use those photos and have those done for your assets. Yeah, and that helps you do your job as well. When it comes to getting press to help you grow your brand, do you have any tips on where to start for a home brand or design professional? Yeah, I would really just kind of see your match, right? Do some research approach places that you love, make sure you have those assets that you tell the story. You're very clear about the people that are involved in the project. If you're not using a PR professional and you're going to be pitching people yourself by looking for their contacts online, whether it be LinkedIn or Instagram, just remember they get pitched a lot. So be very clear as to what's special about that project, the transformation, where it's located, who was involved. There might be some brands involved that are um, advertisers of the magazine. So that could bode really well for you as well. But definitely starts with great assets, a great story, and then go from there. Very good. Well, I'm going to change our conversation a little bit and talk about brand partners because I know that is your expertise. How do you become a brand partner and how do you ensure a successful partnership? What I really love is matchmaking. So seeing those partnerships flourish, like introducing two amazing teams that really understand a product. Perhaps it's a product a designer uses often and really wants to work with that company. They can approach them. Or maybe there's a stylistic match that the brand sees in the way that someone styles and designs a room so they could approach the designer. But either way, you start with a good foundation. If you have values that you share, again, using the product often, and then really both sides need to have an understanding of what needs to be created, the photography, the video. So if you're a designer who wants to work with a brand, bringing those resources to the table is often a really seals the deal. Like if you're, I'm going to be able to have, you know, the project fully covered from the beginning to the end. I'm going to have some storylines with the family if they approve and they allow. Just being able to bring them um, the reasons why to work with you, right? Like I'm going to make your life easier. This is what I'm going to do. And on the brand side, really letting the designer know what are their goals? Like, what are their goals for the partnership? Everyone really needs to be able to measure the effectiveness of a collaboration, right? So everyone should be on the same page from the very beginning. Are you looking for specific sales? If so, is there a specific URL we need to create that the designer could share on their site, can share in their work? From there, it's measuring its effectiveness. I mean, there's assets to be made, blogs, social media posts, how many are there going to be? How are you going to agree to that? It's a second job. It really is. Like designing and, you know, as an designer, that's one job. And then being a brand ambassador, brand partner is another. And often it's pretty savvy people that get to that point. But 
I wouldn't discourage people from starting somewhere. And if you're someone who uses a certain product a lot, but you don't have a large following, that wall coverings company may work with you just because you use their product often and really get them, really understand who they are. And do you find that these partnerships, are they tend to be evergreen? Is there like a sunset to them? And are they lucrative? Is it worth the designer's time to kind of look into brand partnerships? The designer has to really understand what they want out of the relationship, right? Is it awareness? Am I going to be at a certain event with this person? Is it product for a project? For some partnerships that I brokered, there would be maybe $20,000 worth of countertop material or outdoor exterior patio stone. And there was often product placement, not in addition to payment. And in some partnerships, there's payment for resources like the photography or the video. And then there'll be dates that could be put on that because that's the photographer's property. So they need to also be brought in to say, okay, you can use it on social, but maybe not web. If you use it on web, this is the cost for web. So just understanding what every partner wants out of this relationship. And again, the designer needs to weigh that time. If they're going to work with Delta and it's a um, product, they're getting product only, and they're doing all these stories, or maybe running a CEU, they're going to events, is that opening the door for some other project or purpose or other service they want to do? Because maybe they want to have online classes next year for a certain thing that they do, and they want to open the door to other designers. Maybe it's not so much a new client. So they have to think about what's the end goal for this relationship. And then if they want to sustain it, how do we model this every year? What worked, what didn't work, and keeping that conversation going with the brand? Well, there is a lot involved, a lot that you do as a digital marketing agency from SEO, website development, brokering these deals in the home and design industry, and also the lifestyle properties industry. So it sounds like an exciting, glamorous world. And if our audience wants to connect with you, Jen, where are all the places where they can find you? Sure. They can go to first my email, jen at ultravioletagency.com. Ultravioletagency.com is my website. Um, LinkedIn, I'm Jennifer Smiga, two N's and S-M-I-G-A. Um, Facebook, Ultraviolet Agency, IG, Ultraviolet underscore agency, and a new TikTok account even for us. So you're fine. I said Well, I will include that in all of the show notes. We will have links so people can connect with you. And I know we will be connecting because I see some brand and interior projects, collaborations in our future as well. Sounds fun. I love that. All right. Fantastic. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time. It's great connecting with you and meeting new friends right in your backyard. Yeah. And see you at High Point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> see Point. you in a few weeks. In a few weeks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You just finished another episode of Brandlift, where we talked all things branding, marketing, and design. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, head on over to my Instagram at Tori Sikama Photography. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. For show notes and any links to this episode and to snag your step-by-step guide on how to get published, head on over to torysikamaphotos.com and get started on your path of getting seen and getting published. See you next week on Brand Lift.